Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and uh, Facebook, Lakes Woods and Irons, and also Podcast MN, good landing spot for podcasts, including Lakes Woods and Irons. That thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks. Also, this segment brought your way by Holiday Stores of Cross Lake and Mill Avenue. Get your snacks and your fuel and your beverages at the holidays of Cross Lake and Mill Avenue. Chris, um, exciting week in Minnesota for golf uh, with the 3M. And uh, uh, had a big name drop out, but uh, uh, it seems like very popular winner. Uh, Michael Thompson just seems like one of, one of the real good guys out there. Yeah, nice guy. You know, he's been out there uh, seven, eight, nine years and, you know, kind of a journeyman player with with just one previous win. And uh, we, you know, like, like always, we say he played great coming down the stretch and made a great bunker shot on 16 to kind of uh, uh, get him over the hump and a and, uh, great tournament for him. Yeah, that was quite a bunker shot, all right. I uh, And uh, along with the several others, I mean, there was guys – Kind of fallen by the wayside down the stretch there, and um, boy, the guys tore it up. I was just looking at the leaderboard again this morning, and uh, wow, the uh, Thompson was 19 after after four days. Uh, Long at 17, another young player, but I think there was uh, nine guys at 16 under. So, and a whole bunch of guys at 14 under. There must have been close to 20 guys who. We're at least 14 under, so um, the golf courses, other than Jack's tournament, the guys have just been tearing it up since they got back. Yeah, there were uh, 22 players at 13 or under, which is, uh, that is some good golf. Um, you know, that, that golf course, TPC Twin Cities, is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's reasonably wide, um, you know, fairly large flat greens. And when you when you don't get a lot of wind and the greens are soft, guys are gonna guys are gonna shoot some really low numbers there. Really, the 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 heart of the golf course is the last four or five holes, and uh, you can see that coming in where some some players, uh, you know, playing playing really well up to that point, and then made some bogeys coming in. Yeah, give those guys flat greens anywhere in the United States, and they're gonna roll in a lot of pots. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, especially the you know the the green conditions that they're the greens are always perfect. Right. And, uh, if you get, get moderately fast pace greens on that are smooth and relatively flat, uh, they are going to make a lot of putts. A couple things, Chris, I thought, uh, you know, it was too bad for the tournament that, uh, DJ's back was bothering him. And, um, he kind of had the tin cup moment that first day. Were you watching that day at all? Or I know. did not see that. I, yeah. I just re- you know, <laughs> heard the highlights of yeah. it. Hit a 200-yard shot in the water, hit another 200-yard shot in the water, hit another 200-yard shot in the water, and then hit one three feet away, just like just like he knew he could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knocked you know, it in for it, an eight, I think, or a nine. Interesting. You know, he, he, he wins three or four weeks ago. And then, uh, you know, Memorial, he shoots 80-80 uh, uh, to miss the cut and shoots 79 on Thursday and then withdraws. Somewhat out of character for Dustin. He, you know, he, he wins three weeks ago and then shoots 80-80, cut, shoots 79, withdraw. But if you went and looked at 
every tour player, they're really not too much different than we are. And, and generally they have somewhere between a, a 20 and 25 shot spread between their best rounds of the year and their worst rounds of the year. And so, you know, if, if we look at our rounds, you know, let's say our best round, we shoot 81 or 82 for the year, but our worst round, we shoot around 95 to 100. And everybody thinks it's inconsistency, but it's more just golf. And no matter what level you're at, we're, we're going to have some of those, some of our, our very best rounds, and we're going to have some of our worst rounds of the year. And th that spread is somewhere going to be in that, let's say 15 to 20, 25 shot range. That's encouraging for me if I've shot my highest round of the year already, Chris, which I, I hope that's that the is, case. Well, that's exactly the case. That's why I bring it up. <laughs> uh, I noticed, and uh, Kepka, he's struggling a bit. He, uh, he certainly probably should have made the cut. He's, he's uh, having a heck of a time with uh, four-footers and five-footers all of a sudden. And uh, he's, he says his uh, knee's not part of it, but uh, might be in his head, but he's missing shorter putts. I wonder, Chris, these younger guys, they just uh, take the world by storm in recent years. Spieth wins three majors in no time. Rory wins four majors in no time. Kepka now follows them with four majors in no time. So they're all of a sudden they have huge celebrity status, way more demands on their time. Uh, that's got to be part of the... Uh, uh, the fall off in the game uh, because it doesn't take much to go from from first to tenth or fifteenth or whatever you, or, or wherever they are right now. No, that, and that, that's a good point. I think the the you know the more the more successful you are, the 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 less time you have for yourself and for your game. Um, but you know, it's kind of the, the everybody's game kind of ebbs and flows. If you look at over the course of time with you know whoever it is, Tiger or Jack or. Tom Watson and, and you have peaks and valleys in your career and nobody plays well for, you know, forever. So you, you're going to uh, have ups and downs. And I, I think Kepka does not really, I mean, if you really look, if you went and looked at his game, uh, his best play is at the majors. Right. And he, you know, he always says it's, it's easier to win a major than it is really a tour event because there are fewer players that really have the chance to win them. Yeah. So uh, a bet, I think a, a better gauge of his game will be in two weeks at the PGA championship. Uh, you know, I think he, he, he is not, he has not been putting well. Uh, I think his knee has definitely played some factor, not necessarily his putting, but you know, maybe, maybe the rest of this game. So, yeah. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. Yeah, it sure will. Guest uh, coming up, James Carlson from Minnesota National. We'll have James on uh, uh, later in the show, and yeah, that should be great. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Also, at, find us at Podcast MN, also under Lakes, Woods, and Irons. That thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks. Special guest with us is the uh, head golf professional at Minnesota National. James Carlson's with us. And, uh, James, welcome. Thanks for joining us again. You bet. Uh, thank you, Mac, and thanks, Chris, for inviting me. Absolutely. So the, uh, the golf season is off to a great start. I guess we're kind of halfway through it now, James. How's, uh, how's everything at Minnesota National? You know, I mean, despite, you know, uh, 
you know, everybody's questions at the beginning of the year. It's been probably our busy. It's definitely been our busiest year ever. Play has been fantastic. You know, it's just it's been really good. And you know, obviously we lost out on some wedding groups, uh, some early stay and play groups. We had some booked from Canada that couldn't get across the border. But other than that, uh, you know, a lot of them dates we've been able to fill in. I do most of the stay and plays at Minnesota National, and we've been very busy at that. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's kind of a like Minnesota has so many, I think, but kind of a hidden gem, you know, a little further north than some of the uh, resort courses and in, uh, in McGregor. But you say best year ever. I, I think you're kind of building that momentum, James. That more and more people want to come uh, to your golf course and play it once they hear about it. Exactly. You know, our issue has just been getting people here. You know, to be honest with you, in the last, to be honest, even prior to this year, I mean, we've shown 15% gains yearly. You know, uh, you know, just getting people here for the first time to experience what a great golf course it is has kind of been our, our main challenge. And even as close as the Brainerd-Braxter area, you know, um, it seems like, if not daily, at least every other day, we hear somebody is saying, geez, I've never played here before and didn't hear how great the golf course was. And you get them over here, and I mean it, and we get them, we definitely get them back again. Well, you can tell them about it right now, James. <laughs> Talk about the, you you've, got, you've got a couple options. You've got the championship course and then uh, uh, par 33 as well. Yeah, exactly. We have, I mean, our championship course is, is, fantastic um we have bent grass tees fairways greens ohio white sand bunkers you know it's a challenging course um it's it actually is rated the second hardest course in the state um from the tips you know next to hazel team pro tees but we also have five sets of tees and it's designed in a way that the tees play from different areas you know certain tees you got to carry you know water other tees you don't Sure. Um, so it gives players of all abilities um, a, a great chance to play some very fun golf. James, give us a couple of signature holes, maybe one on the front and one on the back that uh, uh, that you can just describe a little bit for us. Well, I think on on the front, it's probably hole number five um, is our biggest signature hole. Uh, you can actually play it straight away and make it a little bit longer, par five. And or you can carry the marsh and cut off considerable distance. However, you know, even from the white tees, it's at least a 230 carry <laughs> um, to carry the marsh. So still challenging and daunting. Um, to me, on the back nine, I mean, hole 18, just an absolute beautiful finishing hole. Uh, par four, a little bit of a carry from the whites, yellows, uh, blues, blacks, um, you know, which gets shorter based on which tees you choose. Um, you carry it over the marsh, and it's a little bit of an uphole, uphill dog leg to the left. The green tees um, are on the other side of the marsh, so you don't have to carry the marsh. So, again, it, you know, based on your ability, you can pick a tee and, and have the challenge that fits your game. And you've got is you've got twenty seven holes. Is the other a par three course, James, or is yep, it? Uh... Yep. Actually, well, it's a par thirty three. Um, okay. It's a little bit different. It has a par five. It has three par fours, and then five par threes. Um, but very well conditioned. People that play that also very much enjoy it. Um, that does not have the bent grass tees and fairways. However, bent grass greens and the greens are fantastic on it. 
again, you know, I, I, I kind of say it's a great course to fine-tune your, your short game. Uh, greens are a little bit smaller, a little bit more of a, a target course, but, you know, the par threes from the white tees are still in that 170-180 yard distance, which definitely doesn't make it a chip shot golf course. But Sure. Right, exactly, yeah. James, yeah. I, I teach a guy who owns a RV distributorship, or a dealership, I should say, and he tells me the RV business is absolutely exploded uh, this summer, and they, they can't even they can't get enough inventory of RVs. You've uh, you've got an RV park there. T- tell us about that, and how does that work with the golf and everything? Yeah, you know, actually, we have a 49 unit uh, full hookup RV park. Um, we just built it late late last year. Um, we were probably a little bit behind the eight ball in getting it going. Uh, we had, if you remember the weather last fall, we had so much rain. We had a lot of washout, you know, cleanup, um, several issues. So we didn't get it ready as soon as we hoped to, you know, and most of the people in RV parks, you know, as far as seasonals, they tend to book for the season in August, September for the following year. So, we were, again, a little bit behind at getting it going, uh, fully completed it this spring, um, but uh, everybody that stayed there has loved it. It's going to explode eventually. Right now, we actually have a highway project. They're redoing the road right near the golf course, and once that's completed, uh, we'll have RV trails, ATV trails right across the road, and that trail actually connects to the Sioux Line Trail, which is one of the longer ones in the state. Yeah. And um, so we just have a lot of things you can do. And plus, uh, the golf course is right on Flowage Lake, which connects to Big Sandy River. And uh, we have access. We have a marina. We have access to Big Sandy Lake. So just a a lot of really good things going on here. Well, you're going to get some groups up there with an RV park. Uh, I can see road trips coming from all over the place. Yep, and anybody staying in our RV park gets a 10% discount. And, um, you know, our golf rates, I mean, our, our peak golf rates Friday and Saturday are are 79 bucks. Sunday through Thursday were 69 So definitely much more reasonable than, you know, comparable courses in the Brainerd area. Um, you know, so it's definitely worth the, worth the trip to come on up, you know, whether it be a day trip, a multi-day or a or an extended stay, you know, we'd love to see you up here. Off air, we talked a little bit about uh, the food opportunities. You've got some a nice variety there for people as well, James. Yeah, most certainly. We have our, our, our menu. You can, you can see that online. Um, it's a little bit scaled back this year just due to all that's going on. Um, our restaurant is open Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays um, in full bar. Um, but we also just recently added, yeah, last year we added, in the spring, we added uh, Shillelagh's Outside Snack Shack and Beverage Shack. Um, so we can actually, you know, it's quicker for golfers when they're on the turn. We serve burgers, brats, hot dogs, you know, sometimes pulled pork sandwiches, barbecues, um, chicken burgers. Um, and we have a full bar out there people just love it um that way they don't have to make the trek up the steps into the bar and restaurant um a little bit quicker again on the turn and allows you to sit outside on our whether you want to sit 
you know, under our deck in the shade and our on our expanded patio, or you can sit upstairs on our on our beautiful large deck that has umbrellas on all the tables. It's very accommodating. Some courses kind of did that out of necessity this year with uh, COVID and things changing in the restaurant world, but it sounds like you were ahead of the game. And uh, I think a lot of courses just stick with it. The outdoor, really good burger, really good sandwich, really good hot dog, whatever the case might be, is, like you say, just perfect at the turn and, and maybe all you need anyway on a, on a Saturday afternoon or a Friday afternoon. Most certainly. I, I totally agree. I mean, even if the restaurant is open, I mean, it still seems like, you know, I mean, obviously the majority of our golf traffic seems to hang around our, our outside shack, but which has been going great. Well, I know a guy's got to have snacks, he's got to have lunch, and he's got to have dinner, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the important things. <laughs> right. Not too shy about that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot like me. <laughs> <laughs> James, uh, as far as... Uh, People um, getting times, do you prefer the website? Do you like a phone call or uh, for setting up tea times and accommodations, that kind of thing? You know, either or. We have, uh, you can book online. To be honest, we, we do two daily deals every single day, which is through us. So you can book online and take advantage. You know, that's an online only special. Um, but again, you know, I said our rates are very reasonable. 79 on the on Friday, Saturday, and then we go down to 59 at 2 o'clock. Sunday through Thursday, we start at 69, and that goes down to 49 at 2 o'clock. So very reasonable golfer. I mean, the level of, of golf experience that you're going to enjoy when you come to Minnesota National. Fantastic. Yeah. Anything else yeah. you'd you'd, uh, you'd like to add, James? Um, well, again, you know, it's, uh, it's for us, I think it's just a matter of getting everybody here. Um, you know, I think once you experience Minnesota National, and, it, and to be honest, I think our word of mouth has just exploded. Yeah. The last four or five years, um, everybody's hearing about it, um, you know, wanting to play it. It's on their bucket list. You know, we just, uh, I just invite everybody to check it off and, and come on up and see us. Uh, you know, one thing that we do here is we, we've kind of done an Aiken County um, local resident special on Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, which is just $39 for 18 holes with a cart. And I was just going to say anyone out there listening from Crow Wing County or anywhere, any county near us, um, I'd be happy to extend that special to you. Um, just come on up, join us on a Tuesday, and, and mention you heard it right here with Colin and Mac on the, on the uh, Lakes uh, Woods and Irons Golf Show. All righty. Well, hopefully some people will take advantage of that. James, what is the, uh, what is the website when people go looking? Yeah, it's mnnationalgolfcourse.com, or they could give us a call at 218-426-4444. All right, great. What a good thing to put on your bucket list. Definitely do that, Minnesota National, a gem in Minnesota that uh, you just got to go play. James, thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you James. very much. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, also available on our Facebook page and also at Podcast MN and Podcast One. So all those locations, thanks to our sponsor, Mills DM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks. We pick up now with part two of our interview with Nick Bradley. He's a mentor, an author, creative uh, thinker, and a mentor not only to golfers, but also to executives now as he combines the corporate world with the world of golf. Here's Nick Bradley. He takes us behind the scenes at the Ryder Cup. 
Chris, I know you wanted to ask Nick a little bit about uh, his Ryder Cup experience, too, because that's coming up kind of in our neck of the woods this year. Yeah, it's uh, hopefully end of September here. Nick, you've been involved in a couple Ryder Cups and telling us about that experience and what your role was. Well, it was an absolute honor for Captain Paul McGinley to ask me to help him with, uh, like, the backroom messaging and um, and really the, the, the psychology of the week for uh, that Ryder Cup in 2014. Um yeah, I mean, it was, you know, he, he basically got the ideas from my books, which, uh, you know, use the powerful imagery. And he said, look, you know, can you create six or seven images that, you know, will really fire the guys up? So that was one thing. But what we ended up doing was creating chronological images that would mean different things as the three days or, in fact, the week progressed. So, you know, for example, I created a really stunning image of Sebi. Uh, with a very, you know, intense glare in his eyes. And that was the last sort of image the guy saw before they walked onto the range, you know, and it said, your mission is clear, look into his eyes. Uh, another image I, I did was a, a rock in a really stormy sea. And it said, look, when the storm comes, we will be the rock. And America, of course, bounced back on the Saturday morning. And that was one of the images that was quoted as the week went on. So, yeah, it was fascinating working with Paul and obviously being there for the week and understanding uh, the just the, the so many dynamic playouts during the three days in terms of ebb and flow and momentum, et cetera, et cetera. It's, uh, it, it's an absolutely amazing event. We're so lucky to have the Ryder Cup every two years because I think, um, well, certainly the dynamics have changed. I mean, up until 1985, it was predominantly an American, you know, victory, victory walk, right? I mean, the, the Americans have won the Ryder Cup seven times in a row, twice, you know, since 1985. Obviously, there's been a lot more blue on the board. And I think that's been really healthy. You know, Europe don't like losing in Europe and Americans don't like losing in America. And I think that is to get kind of the European victory in America or the American victory in Europe, I think just adds the spice to the tournament. And that's... Uh, that's what it needs, and, and it's got in abundance. Nick, I, I think Paul McGinley is one of the, the smartest guys in golf, and it seemed like he took the preparation prior to the Ryder Cup to a different level. Can you talk about that? Yeah, he was one of the first guys really to employ um, a, a stats team um, headed up by a really good friend of mine called Chris Sells at strokeaverage.com, so you can... Uh, follow them on twitter they're amazing chris sells and uh, paul mcginley hired the guys in to not only look at the golf course but look at the the real time and i mean real time performances of the players so literally and this is how good paul had it literally at the end of every day you know you could press a button and it would almost i mean not not to the letter but it would produce recommendations for players based on their shot proximity, who they were playing with, the certain conditions. So, yeah, Paul really took it to a different level, not only the decor in the changing rooms, but obviously my involvement and then strokeaverage.com and other things. So, um, yeah, it was no surprise that he's kind of like been hailed as the most strategically, you know, savvy captain I think we've had thus far. So, it was, it, again, it was a pleasure to be, um, to be working with him and an honor to be asked to uh, to help him with it. It's been great. It had to be one of the great moments of your career. Yeah. I mean, I'd done, I, you know, I, 
up to that point, you know, I've coached about eight national amateur champions and winners on tour and uh, helping Justin Rose get to European number one. You know, I've done a lot of cool things. And Kevin Chappell over here on the PGA Tour and Nationwide Tour, you know, it's been good. The one thing I didn't really up until that point um, have... Well, I was with Justin Rose in the 2008 Ryder Cup, uh, you know, with um, with Justin there and Nick Faldo was captain that week. Uh, but really, in terms of actually assisting with the captain uh, in that level, um, yeah, 2014 was really was really a great time for me, and uh, it was great to be in Glen, Eagle, Glen Eagles. Nick, one last question. We'll let you go for today. But uh, you know, I, I teach a lot of young good players and i know you do as well and what would be some advice you have for a you know a high school player aspiring to play at the college level or at the pga tour level what's some of the the good advice you have well i think first and foremost is strength conditioning and understanding your physiology i think once you um, once you develop those two um then technique becomes a lot more relevant so, uh, you know, I would definitely start to get screened and understand what your physiology is telling you and then work your strength and conditioning program around that. Then that kind of like naturally feeds onto their technique. And, you know, if you're young, why not have fundamentally biomechanically good technique? You know, um, I think what we're seeing in the history of game is less and less quasi sort of techniques. Um, I think you're seeing more of a standard technique, which is fine. And I don't really buy into the the narrative that, you know, all golf swings are looking the same, but they can't play for a lick. That, to me, is total trash. You know, if you can get a biomechanically sound technique, which aligns to your physiology, okay, and you know it by design, why not have that? Scoring and winning has never been about a great golf swing. It's been about your fortitude and strategical intelligence and your ability to compete. But if you're going to have a golf swing, why not build the best one you can, right? So, no question. You know, for, for juniors, I would say understand your, understand your screenings, understand your physiology, be strong, be fast. Uh, don't do any harm to yourself in that process. Then build the most solid, understandable technique you can. But most of all, most of all, find out why you're competing. Right. You know, some people want to get out of poverty. Some people want trophies. Some people want money. Some people want glamour and fame. It doesn't matter which one of those boxes you tick. Each one is equally applicable if you want to reach the top of the game. So find out what drives you, find out what turns you on, and then and then just hit that lane, buddy, and don't look back. Nick, you've taken a lot of... Uh, Chris and I talk often on the show about the lessons in life that golf can teach and the and really the, the the fine people that you can meet in the game. And I'm sure that has that segued really well into the corporate world that you're such a big part of now as far as motivational speaking and that kind of thing? It really has because when I'm dealing with, when I'm doing some executive coaching, um, there is instant credibility there because I've been involved with in peak performance. So I'm not coming in from a theoretical point of view. I'm coming in with, you know, some real tangible uh, results and some beautiful testimonials from people like Nick and Paul and Justin Rose and those guys. So, you know, I'm. You can probably tell by my character, I'm not really one for having, you know, sticking the the gear stick in reverse. I'm a very forthright thinker. Uh, I don't have any problem telling you my opinion. 
but hopefully that opinion's backed up by my experiences and my my knowledge and the first rule uh, as my good friend Justin Buckthorpe told me only a couple of days ago is when you're coaching do no harm so that sort of ma- with that mantra involved you know when I'm, I'm mentoring executives and working with CEOs CFOs and founders of companies and it's, you know working mainly with what's going on behind the curtain as opposed to what's going on in front of the employees and the teams because you know you've got to sort yourself out before you can help anyone else out you know, it. Uh, I really, enjoy, I have to say, I really enjoy that aspect of my career now. Is getting the call or the email saying, uh, Nick, you know, <clears throat> read your books, seen you on YouTube, seen you on uh, Twitter, or what have you. Can you help me with some some of my business life? Then that equally turns me on. So uh, I, I'm in I'm in a lucky position. I really enjoy my work. Well, that's great stuff, Nick. We really appreciate you coming on today and. Uh, stay safe during the pandemic here and keep putting out that great Twitter stuff while we're all at home. Thank you. And if any anyone wants to get hold of the 50 essays or email me for any other reason, you know, I love receiving emails. Always get back to everyone in, in 24 hours. That's my golden rule. Uh, but it's nick at bradleyperformancegroup.com if uh, anyone wants to reach out. That's my personal email. That will get right to me. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, thank you very much today, Nick. We sure appreciate it. Okay, guys, thanks very much for having me on, and please stay safe. Thanks, Nick. Nick Bradley, fantastic guest today, and uh, a pleasure to have him on the show. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ The Fan. Find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons, and also Podcast MN. Uh, You can find us there on Lakes, Woods, and Irons as well. Uh, thanks to Craigans Legacy Courses, uh, Bobby's and Dutch's, of course, and uh, outdoor and inside dining and good play and stay opportunities at uh, Craigans Golf Courses. And they've got a, a excellent teaching pro there as well. So <laughs> I've heard that, Chris. Maybe a couple guys, huh? Thanks, man. <laughs> I know. I know. One's given me a lesson or two. Chris, we're in the kind of the heart of the golf season. Hot weather out there. And uh, this week, though, about perfect. I mean, uh, sounds like it's going to be 80 degrees every day, and which is just perfect golf weather. But sometimes this time of year, you think, you know, you've got, uh, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 rounds behind you. You think maybe the game should be uh, rounding into shape, and sometimes it is, but sometimes it feels like uh, you, you, you've lost, uh, lost something from the beginning of the season. And how do we get back on track, Chris? Yeah. So, yeah, guys are either, you know, there's not much in between. They're either playing some, some of their best golf or they're playing some of their worst golf. And, uh, you know, if you're playing, playing struggling right now and guys have played a lot of golf this summer, I think. So if you, you know, if you kind of get in that rut, a great way to, to uh, help yourself out of that is uh, I like to have people play a uh, three, three ball best shot with themselves. So, uh, you know, go out at a time of the day when the golf course isn't busy and you, you hit it three shots on every, every shot and take your best one and, uh, and repeat that process. And it's, it's a great way to one, learn what your scoring potential is. Uh, and secondly, kind of get yourself out of that, uh, uh, out of that bad mindset. Cause a lot of times that's all it is. You know, we've, we've struggled a little bit and, um, we have holes that, uh, especially if you play the, the same golf course all the time holes that you uh, 
you've got some bad memories on and, and you can tend to repeat those. So get you out of that mode and um, a lot of fun to, to do. And, and really you can shoot some very low scores doing it. Yeah. And you're going to just uh, naturally swing uh, certain clubs more times by doing it that way. You get to, you know, you're going to get to, uh, I don't know, pick a distance anywhere from 160 to 120 most holes sometime during the round. So you're going to swing those clubs often, a lot more than you would on the range, perhaps. Maybe you're going to chip a little more than you would on the range. Maybe you do hit a lot of drives on the range, but uh, you know, you just three swings. That's uh, you're going to you're going to swing the swing the club, uh, whatever, 270, 250 times, depending on what level you're at. Right. Uh, but just the repetition and uh, and kind of thinking you skull one and think, all right, n- now the pressure's on. I've my last three ball hole, I got a par. Let's try to do that again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, it, def, it definitely frees you up. Yeah, because you you don't have uh, you don't have that pressure of, of you've got to hit this shot, and uh, you know get, gets you in a much more positive mindset. So great, great way, great exercise to kind of see where where you're at. Yeah, and you've done some uh, you've done some walking lessons where people maybe play two balls. Do they do you have them play three when you're with them sometimes too, Chris? Yeah, we'll do that occasionally. I I, I really like to go out on the golf course and um, and just drop balls from certain distances in certain places and and see how um, you know see what people's mindsets are and you know so many times um, it's not that we've necessarily uh, are hitting it bad. It's just that we, we strategically don't think very well our way around the golf course. And, and, uh, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but you know, all of us have for each club have a range that we hit those, those clubs. And, uh, you know, let's say your, your seven iron is your, is your 160 yard club. Well, if, if that's your average, you're going to hit some that, uh, you know, there are 155 and you're going to hit somebody, some that are 175. And so you've got a range of shots and then, then right to left as well. And it, you've got to keep that in mind when you're, when you're aiming or what your target is. And the, the target shouldn't, shouldn't always be the pin. It, the target may be the middle of the green or the target may be the left side of the green. And we we always need to avoid, as we're maneuvering our way around the golf course, if we can take hazards and out of bounds and trouble out of our aim uh, point or our scatter pattern, then we're going to play much better golf. Uh, And I think that, you know, that's one of the things that Tiger Woods was the best ever at. And that he, you rarely saw him, short side himself on a green and inevitably he just plotted his way around the golf course we think about a lot of the heroic shots we hit but if we went around and and watched him play entire rounds a lot of those rounds where he shoots you know 63 64 65 were really pretty boring rounds he didn't he knocked it in the fairway or just out of the fairway and knocks it in the middle of the green and two putts and the next hole he you know par five he Knocks in the fairway and hits a ball up on the green to 40 or 50 feet and two putts. And, you know, now he's one under. Hits in the middle of the green on a par five and or par three and, and two putts and goes to the next hole. And just strategically plotted his way around the golf course. 
stayed out of trouble, didn't make penalties, and all of a sudden he's made five, six, seven birdies and very few bogeys and, you know, shoots 64, 65 for the day. Yeah, the king of pars. Tiger's the absolute king of pars and no bogeys. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I had uh, uh, just a a terrible round of golf not too long ago, and I hit probably uh, 10 or 11 really good drives, which in my case then, you know, then probably you're going to score okay, except all my irons went south. Until <laughs> <laughs> I had about a 185-yard shot, and we, you've worked with me, and I always tell you six irons kind of my cutoff on where I'm confident. So I'm playing so bad, I just think, well, I'll hit the five because that's the distance I, sh- I would hit a five. So I hit the five, perfect, best iron of the day. So then I go to the range, play the par three, two balls on the par three, go to the range, hit five, hit about, I don't know, ten five irons, and they're all just flying out there. I'm thinking, I've had this club in my bag, you know, on on uh, suspension for, <laughs> a, a, you know, how, however many years it's been, and it turns out it works okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Sometimes it all, all it takes is one shot to give you that that <laughs> confidence of being able to hit the club and uh, um, you know so many times we pull out a, a club out of our bag and we've we've got a bad feeling with it we're we're rarely going to hit a good shot when we have that mindset <laughs> exactly right all right good show Chris appreciate it thank you Mac you're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.